0: It is signing day
1: across the college football landscape and much different from previous years, of course. We got the transfer portal fired up and we're also accustomed to February signing day, which is still going to happen. But December has turned into the big primetime for recruiting. So to break it all down, I brought in our man, Steve Wolfong, to discuss things going across the country on this fantastic holiday season of signing day. Merry Flipmas, however you celebrate. So, Steve, I, looking at the rankings, it's the typical teams up there. I see Miami up there, of course, making the jump. What should we be looking at here on this first signing
2: day? Third day of Hanukkah, Brandon. Glad to be yeah. on with you. Missing my family back home. But excited for the early signing period. It's finally upon us. We're 24 hours away from finally some final clarity on this class. I'm holding my phone here as I'm texting with people about what's going to happen tomorrow. But, uh, you know, I think the rankings for the most part, Brandon, are going to stay status quo with the teams at the top getting better. Alabama number one i think they'll stay number one they could land three five stars on wednesday james smith and quay russell they're in state 24 7 sports composite five stars james smith's the number two defensive lineman in the country in those rankings quay is the number three edge i like bama there but auburn fighting hard down the stretch and this is a time of year where i might tell people something on tuesday and it's completely different by tuesday night and then maybe even different again, back to maybe it comes full circle by Wednesday. It gets these final conversations. Uh, I kid you not, every once in a while, the last conversation wins, as you know, Brandon. But uh, Georgia, they could get four commits this week. It's a three-day early signing period. I think they're sitting pretty for four guys. 24-7 Sports Composite, five-star edge, Damon Wilson. They're battling Ohio State for down the stretch, but I like where Georgia stands. Jordan Hall is one of the most coveted defensive linemen in the country. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Florida, Florida State. Some of the programs he looked hardest at, but I like where Georgia stands with him. He's going to announce on CBS Sports HQ on Thursday with us, so you have to be on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel or HQ to catch that. And then a couple defensive backs, you know, Daniel, Daniel Harris is one that I like them for four star with a lot of upside, some great traits. And then Kyron Jones is one of the best two way players in North Carolina was committed to NC state, just decommitted, also took an official visit to Nebraska, but really like where uh georgia stands there so so the interesting battle with the standings is who's going to be number three coming out of the three-day early signing period right now it's you got miami three uh, you got texas four and you got lsu five and i think that they are all in good position to land some blue chippers brandon i haven't played with the class calculator yet on how that would shake things up you know miami they're in on a lot of guys mario cristobal and company this is their season they want the real season to be their season eventually and i I think he, that they're uh, overhauling the roster. Uh, I, I like the pickups out of the portal on the recruiting trail last year and this year. But I, I like the way Miami's trending from a personnel standpoint and talent standpoint. They're certainly infusing that program uh, with with better players than the ones that they uh, inherited when you're just talking about the overall. But uh, Damari Brown's a big recruiting battle going into, into the early signing period. Alabama seemed to have a lot of momentum last week. Miami trying to pick up steam here. They just landed his brother out of the transfer portal, out of UCF. Edwin Joseph is an in-state defensive back. They're trying to make a late run for that. If you had asked me four days ago, I would have said uh, Florida State or Penn State for him. Conrad Hussey's a four-star committed to Penn State that recently visited Florida State and Miami. So how about that? You got Penn State battling Florida State and Miami for a couple DBs here at the end. Miami's trying to flip some kids. Sharif Denson's one I can name. If there's a school that's going to have a big surprise tomorrow, since you, people are like, Steve, what's the big surprise going to be? I, hell, I have no idea, man. It wouldn't be a surprise if I knew. <laughs> I'd be kind of hitting at it, right? So uh, uh, they would be like the school I would bet on to be like, man, who's going to pull a rabbit out of their hat tomorrow? And uh Voila. Miami, uh, they would be the school that I would probably point to and then I would put I would pick Colorado second. those would be the two schools that I think are capable of doing something that's not necessarily on the radar right now. Uh, but Texas, Texas could flip DeAndre Moore from Louisville, which would be a big one you know as of Monday night, He had talked to Jeff Brom and the new Louisville staff. I think he's going to talk to him again this morning. Uh, He's a, he's a West coast kid, Uh, but there is a lot of buzz around Texas. It has been, but hell there was a lot of buzz around Texas when he committed to Louisville the first time. So, you know, I'm not counting that one in for Texas just yet because of that. LSU, I like them for Desmond Ricks. He's a five-star cornerback from IMG Academy. Alabama and Florida are the other finalists, but my crystal ball is on an LSU, and I'm riding with that. Isaac Smith's a four-star DB from the state of Mississippi that my crystal ball is on LSU for. I don't feel as good about that one as I do the Ricks pick, Brandon. I think that he really is excited about the new hire at Mississippi State. Has a good relationship with him. So I think that uh, LSU's got a chance to add them. Everybody's fighting for Tassili Akana, who's uh, our number 34 player in the country off the top of my head. Oklahoma's the crystal ball pick, but LSU, Texas, Utah, Colorado got the last visit. Louisville, some of the other contenders for him. Um, and then the school that's trying to get the spatula out. I know uh, this is your show and I've done all the talking. Look, I, I, I talked to someone around the Auburn program that, that said that it's, uh, yeah, I was like, man, Auburn's in the mix for a lot of flips here. And uh, he said, that's what happens when you have a head coach that wants to recruit. So, uh, <laughs> But what I will say, though, is that Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams were on the previous staff. They I have never seen an interim staff really bridge the gap between one staff to another one that's almost completely brand new better than those two did and certainly they have a lot of pride in their alma mater But, man, they really held it down for Auburn, Brandon. They kept in touch with a lot of top targets. Those guys came to Auburn games, and it was because of Coach Etheridge and Coach Cadillac Williams carrying the torch for their program. And I don't know how many of these guys that they're going to land, but the fact that Auburn's even in the conversation for James Smith, Quay Russo, they're trying to flip Keldrick Falk from Florida State. They're trying to flip Kayan Lee from Ohio State. I could see the latter two of those happening. Uh, Tony Mitchell from Alabama, I think that one's trending their way. So they're looking for three spatula flips on Wednesday, and uh, I think I think it could happen. You know, now that's not a prediction that it's going to happen, but it could happen. Uh, there is a good possibility that they flip three top 247 kids uh, on Wednesday, which would be a hell of a finish for for Auburn. There's one qu- There's a couple quarterbacks out there contemplating flipping too, Brandon. There were, the big news was Dante Moore flipping his verbal from Oregon to UCLA. But uh, Austin Novosad, he's a top 247 quarterback currently committed to Baylor, has a great relationship with new Oregon offensive coordinator Will Stein that goes back years. Because Will Stein came from UTSA, top 10 offense in the country at UTSA under Will Stein. I think, I think other schools swinging at had late TCU, Texas A&M, uh, no dice. But I do think that there's interest yeah. in Oregon for, for him, so we'll see. And then Lenoris Sellers, he is a terrific quarterback out of the state of South Carolina that I crystal balled to the Gamecocks this morning, talked to him this week. Sounded like he was leaning a little bit towards South Carolina when I talked to him. He's, currently, he's committed to Dino Babers and Syracuse, and that would certainly, you know, that's certainly an exciting offense. And, and Babers has a track record. But here's a kid that had an outstanding senior season in South Carolina, Shrine Bowl MVP. But but threw for 45 passing touchdowns, 22 rushing touchdowns. Brandon South Carolina's got the number 19 class in the country, but they have a, a chance to really close strong here uh, at the end if, if they can get Sellers, if they can get back in the fold. I'm not going to say his name correctly. His nickname's Tree. It's the best best nickname in the class out of DeMatha okay. there, DeMatha Catholic, Maryland. Oluwitasen Babalati, uh, I, I, I yes. like uh, South Carolina to land him. They're trying to hold off Colorado. Uh, uh, they're trying to hold off Colorado for one of their top commits, Bakari Swain, who I, I think that uh, – he, he told me last night he was still leaning South Carolina. Maybe they get Nicholas Harbor in February. So South Carolina is a team to watch down the stretch, too, for the early signing period
1: and National Signing Day. I know Maryland fans, let's check out the message board the other night. They were kind of nervous about some things, but I also think they might pick up a couple of four-star linebackers. In those I Bears
2: saw fans. you made a prediction for two guys. Yeah. Brandon, welcome to the dark side, yeah. dude. You don't want to be over here very much, man. It it's uh it's a lot of late nights and and, and weekends, brother. Uh, I know uh, during the season you work Saturdays and Sundays, man. But uh, you don't want any part of this recruiting coverage uh, full year round.
1: I couldn't keep up with that many names and that many contacts. I have a hard enough time just talking to coaches and everybody in the industry, just and agents and everything dealing with that. Okay, so as everybody knows, we only have a certain amount of five stars out there, and there's only so many that are uncommitted going into this, this process. And one of those guys is a familiar name, Mateo Uyangole. What's the process like for him right now? The yeah. brother, obviously, of DJ Uyangole, the Clemson quarterback, who's now in the transfer portal looking for a new spot to, to land. So where is this number 17 player overall in the rankings as an edge rusher, by the way? What's his deal right now?
2: I wish we could right now three-way call Greg Bigginson, our colleague from out West who's close yeah. to that recruitment. But I'll say... From my end, what I've been able to gather is that I think that dialogue continues with Ohio State, Oregon, and USC. Now, Greg Biggins talking to him, sounds like the local program, USC, is really picking up some steam here at the end of the cycle, which would be massive for the Trojans, obviously. But something tells me that I should still not sleep on Oregon here for, for Mateo. I know that he visited there in the fall, loves it, loves the new staff. They've really made an impression on him, too. But again, man, bringing it full circle, I mean, Ohio State's been considered the leader for so long because they really trust Larry Johnson in the player development piece. And I think when they look at his older brother and his situation at Clemson, Although I think DJ loved Clemson and loved that coaching staff and, and everything. I don't think that like went the way they drew it up, you know? Yeah. So obviously he's looking for a fresh start somewhere. Now I would say, and I had this conversation with a coach earlier, not to get off the rails with you, Brandon, but I just feel like Clemson, DJ, the hand he was dealt at Clemson, pretty much the same old offensive line that they've had there, but no elite running back, a young Will Shipley who's a good player, and the wide receiver room was nothing close to that, what Deshaun that's Watson what, and Trevor That's So when you're, I mean, you want to sit here and, 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 uh, you know, get on DJ for not playing to the level that was expected. And and certainly like, look, man, there's, you know, Clemson's an eleven win program, dude. We're what we're critiquing here is a program with the expectation of winning two more games than that. So I understand that. So within knowing that, the receivers haven't been what we're used to. Now those two freshmen that they got last year, that's returning the form. So all of a sudden, Cade Klubnick's gonna be running out there with some bad bad receivers, and not bad in a good way. And it's gonna look a little different. It's gonna be like, oh, you know, and it's like I bet DJ would have looked pretty damn good with, with those two guys <laughs> out there too that are getting older and we love kate he was a five-star for us i'm just saying it's not like dj had like great wide receivers that could separate and get open either i thought you know hell he flashed i remember that game in south bend as a true freshman he certainly showed some potential if anything he might have regressed i think so and i think he got better this
1: season compared to last year obviously i know everybody was making a big deal about him losing the weight and everything which did help him but i you know you look at the way he's trying for example yeah I mean, the Wake Forest game to me proved to me that he had been become a better quarterback and whoever picks him up is going to get a great quarterback. And I can't wait to see what he looks like in a new offense with some different players. Much more
0: with Steve Wilfong after these messages. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Looking ahead now, transfer portals, pretty much everything. The talk of the town right now. How are these coaches and these staffs balancing the numbers, balancing the books, so to speak, with so many transfer portal kids out there, and then also the high school kids, and how's it affecting and stirring things up here on this signing day?
2: Yeah, I think this is almost like me. I should be asking you these questions now, flipping chairs. But I, what I'll say is I don't think they have a counter limit anymore, right? So, nope, no counter uh, limit. I do, now, I do know that if like I were to take Brandon Marcella out of the transfer portal, and then the next day you decided not to come to Fong Yu, we are rivals of Pate State. We don't get <laughs> as nearly as much uh, airtime as a uh, Pate State, but they don't want any part of this uh, on the field. I think we would lose your ship still, so there is some kind of counter to that. I don't know the math. I leave that up to you and, and Hummer. I think the thing is, is the, the programs that compete for national championships, they still want to build their program up with a foundation of high school football recruiting, and then they want to go into the portal when, say, they have a couple receivers leave early for the NFL draft, or they have a couple offensive linemen get hurt and have to medically retire, uh, or maybe they didn't evaluate well one class and need to fix an area of need. That's kind of the recipe. Now there are some new coaches that are trying to change fortunes at schools quicker, so they're going to go into the portal and be more aggressive early on uh, because chances are if you're a new coach, you're probably replacing a team that wasn't very good. Now coach Walters at Purdue, they won 8 games, like that's not a complete that's not a complete uh makeover by any stretch, but there are some, you know, complete makeovers out there and so you figure they'll be aggressive in the portal. Sometimes you see some G5 programs that think that's the recipe. I still would disagree and say that's not the recipe.
1: I think there, I think the the one you know, case study in that is Texas State and what just happened there going to the transfer portal is so heavy, and then obviously we've seen that they had to make a coaching change there.
2: That was stab, right? He's now at Cal, yeah, and it did not so work. I, knew out. It coached them. I just didn't, uh, I think I guess I probably knew that they struggled on the field, but look, man, I'm telling you, like, you want to build your foundation through high school football recruiting. I mean, now you can, like everyone sees what Mel Tucker did uh, in year two, where they went 11 games with a lot of big time transfer portal wins. But even he knows that's not the scenario to like, he's, he's like, yeah, man, that was awesome. Great foundation or a great year for momentum, uh, but we still got to get high school kids. And that's what yep. they they did last cycle and this cycle. And they've had some pretty good classes. So we'll see how Coach Tucker and them build it up in East Lansing. All right. So I want to
1: end it with end with this because everybody loves hearing about Deion Sanders. And they just came off a weekend where he was saying it was the biggest recruiting weekend in Colorado history and, and all that stuff. And obviously he's going to be hitting the transfer portal pretty hard. But what is the talk a lot around Boulder just among high school recruits and going forward? I mean, I, I'm sure we're not expecting anything huge on signing day for them, but what is the momentum like in the high school circles and the prep circles for Dion in Colorado?
2: Well, they're in the hunt for some guys late. Like they're trying to flip Blake Purchase, a four-star defensive lineman committed to Oregon. You know, I think that they're going to flip Kaysen Wiseman, a quarterback that's committed to Kansas for a while. You know, they're a finalist for Malachi Coleman, uh, top 100 player from Nebraska, although I think that's going Nebraska's way now. You know, they're trying to flip Vicari Swain from South Carolina, like we said, somewhere in the top of the ramble that I did at the beginning. But I think of the kids that went out there, they had Bo Hughley committed to Georgia out there, top 100 offensive lineman. I think they were just kind of surprised at how cool Colorado was. You know, Vicari Swain's like seeing the mountains was awesome. Colorado's just so hungry to have a good year I remember Colorado being good I'm sure you do too I mean I was you know eight nine ten years old they were competing for a national championship I still remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when Rocket Ishmael ran that kickoff return back for a touchdown against Colorado and uh, I'm playing Nintendo with my buddy and uh, you hear the adults in the other room going nuts so you run out there and then you hear them groan because there's a flag on the field and Colorado just won the national championship so it's been done recently so I think it can be done again, right? Like you can get competitive. I don't know what it's going to look like for 2023. I think the portal, you know, they've got to get Hunter. They got to get Kevin Coleman. Those are difference makers that they have inroads with, you know, so we'll see what happens there. But there, I do know this, what Colorado has been able to show in just a few weeks on the job is that they can get top two, four, seven kids to campus. And they don't even know those kids. Wait till 2024 when they have time to build some quality relationships with kids and have a whole calendar year to bring kids in and sit down with Deion Sanders, who's one of the most charismatic coaches in the country, who's got as much energy as anybody. I I mean, I think that Colorado is going to be a real exciting team to follow on the trail in the 2024 class and beyond. But right now it's let's get some players that are quality in 23 that we think can help us. Portal's important, especially the guys that they know from Jackson State that they think can be difference makers and then go from there. Good coaching staff, though, man. I think it really came together at the coordinators for him. Sean uh, Lewis is a stud a lot of time around him so so far so good for for the buffaloes i'm not judging anything tomorrow i know that they're a lightning rod um and and so you you know depending on how it goes you might see some weird headlines but i think from a from a long-standing standpoint it's a pretty exciting staff that's going to get good players to come visit colorado i don't remember the last time i covered a colorado recruiting weekend brandon i covered it this weekend they had they had some good players on campus for sure steve wolfong the man 24-7 sports. Make sure
1: you guys check out the 24-7 sports YouTube uh, channel.
2: All day, live coverage
1: of Signing Day Wednesday. Steve, Josh Pate, Everybody.
2: Here we got Ivans, we got the we got Carl yeah. Reed, Huffman's in town. Uh Emily Proud's hosting it. Blair and Gulo. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I think we got a cover three there in the middle. Uh Ooh. so that's going on with Bud Elliott and his and his guys. So yeah, man, uh, we'll be ripping and roaring, and then I'll be on my way back home for the fifth day of Hanukkah, something like that. I don't know, man. But happy holidays everyone. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. Uh, we'll see y'all later.
1: For Lance Glenn, our producer, I'm Brandon Marcel. That was Steve Will thanks for listening to college football daily we will see you down the road